welcome to another life-changing message. In a God culture, people are hungry. And what God is going to use and consistently use this house to do is, is through, now watch this, be careful that the thing you're assigned to assassinate, you don't become. Because I know ministries today who make their emphasis on attacking the spirit of religion and they become religious. They become just as religious as what they were assassinating. Here's why. Because they missed the emphasis being on God and they made it the assignment. So everybody, I'm a, I got an assignment from God. God said, no, 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 no. We have to get to a place where we stop focusing on our individual assignments alone. And we focus on our collective assignment together. Because when it is about my assignment and your assignment, we create a culture of competition. So now it's about who can prophesy the best and who can who works better in deliverance and who who got the spirit of uh, the heal, healings and miracles on their life. It becomes about that and it's longer about God. And we idolize the movement or the or the or, or, or what the manifestations of God and we don't worship God. We're hungry for the manifestation, but we're not hungry for the person of God. We're not hungry for his presence no more. We just want the manifestation. I sat here in your worship experience and all I could do was cry. That's all I could do. Because we have seen how religion has destroyed people's lives. It's destroyed people's lives because people are caught up in the end product. And church has now become like going shopping at the mall. What can I get out of the church? What can I get out of the experience? And we worship the experience and we lose our hunger for God. And this is the area of vulnerability that the enemy would like to, uh, 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 like to pulverize this particular ministry with. Don't you wrap yourself up in the experience. Remain and keep your hunger for God. Don't come for the experience. Come for what you're hungry for. God. When we become hungry for the experience, the experience becomes the idol. So I'm so worried about creating an experience that what I'm really doing is erecting an idol. And I start advertising the experience and not God. Because God needs no advertisement. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because here is the thing, and I shared this with you. I'm sharing everything I'm sharing, I've shared with him. Uh, some of it's a little bit more than what I shared with him. Here's the thing. I, I share with him on the phone. I see... The enemy trying to push you to worship the experience. Don't worship the experience. Because when you worship the experience, everything you've been building toward will crumble. I hope you're hearing what I'm saying because people are in churches today because of an experience. And watch this. And when you are wrapped up in experience, it's like a drug. You got to keep having that hit. So now watch this. I got to keep coming here to get that hit. And watch this. And when the strength of the experience is gone, I keep coming back hoping to get that hit one more time. But God said, if you come hungry for me and you train and raise a generation that has an appetite for me, it won't matter who's leading worship. It won't matter who's leading prayer. It won't matter who's teaching Bible study because I've raised a culture that's hungry for God. 
I'm telling you, mark my words today. You go back and listen to this again because this is why you see churches rising and falling, rising and falling because they get wrapped up in the experience. And they put his name on it. And it started with him, but somewhere he got kicked out. Somewhere he got excommunicated. Somewhere it became about the worship team. Then it became about the musicians. And now we've erected many gods under the experience. And we think we need the many gods to make the thing we erected beautiful or wonderful or attractive. The thing, the reason why this house is flourishing and will keep flourishing is because of your hunger. If we lose the musicians, we need our hunger. If we lose the voices, we need our hunger. Are you hearing me? And this is how the ministry and its influence will not die. Because it's not surrounded around any many gods. When you can be in a, we can be in a worship gathering. You can be in something like this where the focus is God. I know, I know the focus is God because if I can watch the drummer put his sticks down and lift his hands. That means there's hunger there. Don't lose your hunger. Don't lose your hunger. Watch this. The other thing that will cause you, that will attack your hunger, is when you become complacent. You think you've reached the plateau in God, and now there's nothing more. And now what happens is you cap the possibility of what God can do and what he would desire to do in and through your life because you think you've reached a plateau. And let me help you here. The reason why you think that is because you're looking and comparing it to somebody or something that you think is the goal. So if I can just get to this place, if I can just accomplish this, if I can just get this done, if I can just, then we know we've reached that place. No, you'll never reach it. Because we're reaching for God. He is the standard. He is the plateau. He is the one we're reaching for. And if we keep reaching for him, we'll surpass those who's supposed to be the standard bearers. Because I'm reaching for God. And when the reach is not God, here comes depression. And I think I need another experience to deal with the depression. No, I need my hunger back. I need my hunger back. That's what kept me going. I need my hunger back because here's what I realized. There's more. I know what we saw, but there's still more. I've never reached the plateau, but I, I, I'm not trying. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why people are drawn because there is a hunger. Now watch this. Hunger is an interesting thing because it is certain things you, you, you have the opportunity to be exposed to that causes you to create, causes you to have an appetite for that particular thing, if you will. And so here, the challenge is, the challenge here is that we, uh, I think Apple said it this way. Apple said, we will show you what you need. And so at one time when we can survive without the MacBook and without the iPhone, Apple said, no, you can't make it without what we have to offer you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And God said, here's the thing, I'm creating, I'm creating a house that says this, watch this, it's not based upon just simply what you think you need. Because when the plateau is God, and when we're hungry for God, God said, I'll show you a meal you ain't ate before. <laughs> I'll give you something your taste buds have never had before. 
because you're hungry for me. So it doesn't matter who's leading. It doesn't matter who's preaching. It doesn't matter who's teaching. God said, I'm the one serving the meal. So religion says, religion says, I don't eat that. I don't like seafood. I don't like shrimp. I don't like. <laughs> I was sitting with a friend of mine one time. And you know, I, I'm a seafood lover. I'm sitting with a friend of mine. And I go to his house. <laughs> and I bought some crab legs. Bought some crab legs and they seasoned garlic. Let me, you know, I put, I put all, you know. So I'm bringing, I bring it to the, I sit on the table. Watch this, I sit on the table. And those of you who, who would love just crab, I mean, they do it with garlic and they do it with Old Bay and all. So I bring it, I'm sitting. His wife and him, they look at it and they say, well, eat crab legs. Here's the question I asked him. Have you tasted it yet? Have you, have you tried this yet? They said, well, no, we never had. I said, then how do you know? That this is something that you would not enjoy. And when they had the opportunity to taste it, it tapped because watch this, they had reached their plateau and cap on their tasting experience. But here I was introducing something else to their taste buds that they had never had. And when it tapped that part that they had never had, they said, can you bring some back next week? Here's the thing about God. Don't ever cap the experience. Don't cap it. God said I can meet it in prayer. I can meet it in a class. I can meet it in your men's gathering. You be in there playing dominoes and the glory fall right in your dominoes game. You done brought somebody as a guest and they get healed in the, in the dominoes meet. Why? Because you can't put a cap on the experience. When you put a cap on the experience, it, the experience becomes the idol. So I cannot get it unless I come in here. And the worship team is doing what they do. Then I'm going to get it. God said, no, no. It can happen right in that women's fellowship. You're just talking about something and then boom, the presence of the Lord moves in your gathering. Don't worship the experience. And when you're hungry, you're always looking for an opportunity to eat. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When you're hungry, you always looking for an opportunity to eat something. Are you hearing me? This is what God is building here. He said, I'm building a culture where I am the only center of attraction. And the brilliance, I think, I think, I think you, you already tapped into it because I used to be able to catch you on Facebook. Now I can't catch you on Facebook live now. I got to listen to the, uh, listen to it on the app. Here's why. Because I told him, I said, this is not something you can put on a screen. You, 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 I can't eat the crab legs on the screen. <laughs> We'll be a lot bigger. <laughs> Here's why. Because it's something, and when you're hungry, you're looking for it. You'll go across town because you're hungry. Are you hearing me? Here is what God is doing. So many things said. You said so many things today about this. I preached earlier about the power of becoming. Here's the thing that God is doing. If we make it about the experience here, people have to come here to get it. But if I become and embody the experience, 
in my everyday life, if they never come to hungry for God, if they never come to a service here, if they never come to prayer, if they never come, God said, I'm building 12 men who are not looking for you to come to a building. They're going to bring the building to you. So he said, the way I'm building these disciples, they don't need a sanctuary. The way I'm building these disciples, they don't need all of the uh, 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 surrounding things that you think you need in order to experience. They could be on their way somewhere. And the Bible says they were on their way to the temple. And as they were on their way to the temple, a man said, can I get some money? They said, no, what you need, what you hungry for is not money. What you're hungry for is a miracle. And the Bible says that they snatched him up off his feet. And a man who was crippled could not take care of himself now because they carry the experience. They were able to have him partake and experience. It created a hunger in him. That when he left that moment, he wasn't looking for the men no more. Because it was never about the personalities. He was looking to experience God again. God is trying to get you to build your life in such a way that you come carrying the culture in everything you do. Where other churches will build by invitation, you're going to build by being the experience. They're building by flyers and programs and you're building by a God culture. Now here, I got I to give you this and I got to be quiet. Here's the thing you got to understand. When you're building a God culture, it is like when Nehemiah was rebuilding the wall. Here is the issue. Religion has become the norm and we think it's God. It looks like, it looks like God because they told us that's what it was. But I've been messed up so long that this can't be God. I mean, you said if I did this, there'd be change and I'm still bound. Where is God? You gave me religion. And said it was God. And you gave me scriptures to support it. So it still looked like it might have been God. But when I got hungry and started searching, I realized it was just religion. That's why you can't lose your hunger. Because hunger makes you search and build discernment. So now you can say, that sounds good, but that's religion. It's religion. And now, my marriage falling apart because I took these scriptures you told me and it was religion. Come on, talk to me, sons of Sceva. I learned how to cast the devil when I went. I recognized they knew Paul and they knew Jesus, but they didn't know me. Because I was religious. Jesus. Can I tell you something? 
Hell knows hungry people. Your name is written on Satan's board. That one right there, they hungry. What I got to do is fill their belly with carbohydrates called religion. Jesus talked about the leaven. Leaven was used to cause the dough to sweat. And whenever you eat bread, you get full faster. But it's a facade of being full. That's what religion will do to you. It make you full. But here's the problem. It make, it, it make you full of you. Not God. So now when I come in, because I can quote the scriptures and teach the scriptures and think I got a little revelation, I need a title now to validate that I'm full. But the only thing I'm full of is religion because when real life hit, I can't do nothing about what I'm dealing with. Because you ate in a godless culture. You ate in a godless culture. They talked about him, but they didn't know him. And let me warn you of this. I'm going to warn you of this prophetically. What you are seeing, if a personality is running it, you run away from it. I'm currently helping and working with a ministry. I told them, don't put my picture on nothing. Now, you may see me saying I'm speaking here or there. That's different. When it comes to the house, don't put my picture on nothing. I want a God culture. A God culture is about all of us and not one of us. In a God culture, we all win. You're not in poverty and I'm in prosperity. That's not a God culture. And then because I found out how to win, I'm keeping secret what I found out and not that's not a God culture. It's not a God culture. Here's why. Because in the book of Acts, when the ones who was winning heard about who was losing, they said, oh, let me go sell this house and help make sure sister so-and-so good. Let me go sell this property and make sure brother so-and-so is good. That's a God culture. A religious culture says the pastor look good and we trying to look good. The pastor riding good. And I'm on welfare. Yeah, yeah, that's what's happening. Because it's a religious culture. It's a godless culture. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I hope you're catching the temperament of what I'm saying. So what God is calling for is a culture where we lock arms and we say together we all gonna win there was no leading personality in the New Testament church they weren't we like to pick our favorites but there was no leading personality. Theologians try to come up with somebody who was leading, but there was no leading, there was no leading personality. Because if that was the case, then it would have been Peter. Well, then Paul rebukes Peter. And then Paul gets rebuked by three prophets when he's on his way somewhere. They tie him to a chair and warn him. There was no leading. 
Because here's the thing. God's brand was at the forefront. When a church is God branded, none of that other stuff matters. So we have been a part of churches that were not God branded. But God says, this place, this, and watch this, let me eliminate that, this people are branded with me. And every time you come, he's, he's impressing the brand deeper. That's what happened in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. God impressed his brand on Adam. That word image means God's brand was on him. God's brand was on him. And he carried, he embodied that brand. And the culture he was maintaining was a culture that God built. When it's a God culture, one man can't build it. That's called religion. When it is a God culture, putting the weight on this man is going to put you back in a house that is religious. Because I need you to catch the temperament of what I'm saying. Because the reason why you keep getting God respond to you is because the culture is not polluted. It's not polluted. I have been in ministry for 24 years. I have been to churches small and I have been to churches as large as 20,000. And I can tell you for a surety that this people have been branded by God. Now let me say this. You can take that one of two ways. You can respond to that in humility or you can respond to that in arrogance. Because arrogance says, you need to be over here because we got a God culture. <laughs> Hallelujah. We got a God culture. Or you can do what Jesus did. Let them experience it through you. And that will be their invitation. I want to give you these four prophetic words and I'm going to sit down. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You told me now. I mean, you don't give a preacher the mic. Okay. Here's a third qualifier for God culture. Honor. I really do. Okay, let me help you. I'm going to say it this way. Nobody get offended, okay? The black church culture has taught you honor wrong. I want you to hear what I'm saying. It has taught you, and this is no, there's no, I know him, he know me, we, we good. It is not where he is honored and you are subservient. Honor says, honor says, I respect the gift of God in you, what you're saying, and what you contribute. Are you hearing me? When you have been taught honor in our churches, let me say it like that. It means, it means, watch this. Okay, pastor. What do you need? What you, Pastor, you need what? Pastor, what you, 
Pastor sweating. Pastor. It's a hundred people in the line. Pastor. You more worried about the pastor than the person that's broken and hurting. That's not honor, that's worship. You crossed over. So when pastor stumble, you struggling because you equated him to God. I got to stop. In a God culture, true honor, true honor says, I know that God has gifted you and sent you to be a part of this assembly. We're going to honor your gift by number one, developing it. Not making you be a slave until you earn the right to be heard. It's not a God culture. Means I'm going to develop your gift. And if I don't have the capacity within myself to do it or within our team to do it, we're going to surround you with the resources to develop your gift. And then after we develop your gift, we're not going to dishonor it. Watch this. By, we're not going to dishonor the development by saying, you ain't ready yet. God ain't showed me that. Because really I see you got the potential to surpass me. And because you might surpass me, the Holy Ghost ain't showed me that. He didn't show me. I honor your gift by developing it and watch this and trusting the development process I put around you. So when you come to me, I'm not going to make you feel like you're inadequate when I. So you saying, so what you saying is I don't walk five years in my development process and I'm not ready yet. So the problem can't be me because you was the one developing me. So the issue must be that you're not equipped to equip me. So, Pastor, just be real. And here's what happens. Here's what happens. I'm going to do this. Here's what happens. So, what happens is I wrap you up for 10 years. Keeping you hostage. And you keep coming back saying, Am I released yet? But here's the deal. It is a form of witchcraft. Anything where God is not in control is witchcraft. In a God culture, it's witchcraft. And what you just done is crossed over to another side. And the reason God is not there is because it's filled with witchcraft. You ran him out. This people will break the spirit of religion that has held this region hostage mafia gangster religion is in new york it's held this region hostage for too long and god is raising up no name people you don't know who 
and what they are. But there are people. And you are the people in this region that God is going to use to break the spirit of religion. Only thing you got to be careful is that you don't become what you break. What you break. When there is a God culture, honor, honor looks like you, watch this, becoming everything God intended for you to become. The Lord told me to tell you this. There is an increased dimension. Notice my words. There is an increased dimension of glory that is being released. Here's why. Because the supernatural will be a defining mark that will shift this region. I want you to hear what I just said. The supernatural will be your norm. Where others are looking for it to see maybe this week because a prophet coming, we might see some supernatural. Maybe this week because, oh, apostle social come, oh, we might see some supernatural when they come. No, 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 no. It will be the norm. Because in a God culture, you can't just be natural. You got to be supernatural. That's what I'm talking about. All right, all right. Here's what's happening. We have houses, we have places all over. And I'm listening, and I want to tell you this because there are fads and trends that are even happening in the church. And God said, I'm not a fad and I'm not a trend. I know y'all calling it restoration or reformation, but God said, no, 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 no. I never stop transforming. I never stop change. I never stop. What happened is you got away from my pattern. So now you got houses calling themselves apostolic places. And this, and God said, no, I, I, I didn't want that. I want a God house. Okay. Listen, this challenged me too now. <laughs> Whew. There are many that don't have the element of the supernatural nor demonstrations of the spirit. But God said he is anointing you that the supernatural will be a regular thing in your gatherings, in your fellowships, in your Bible study, in your trainings, in your development. The supernatural will consistently operate in this place. Watch this. You know, I would say, when I would talk about your pastor, who is a very good friend of mine, when I would talk about him, I would always say, and Prophet Jackie can bear me with, I would always say, man, he flows in. He teaches in grace. He flows in gifts and miracles. And he does this and he does that. And God said, you cannot say that. It's true now. But he said, if you only say that about him, when he's gone, that won't be a norm here. He said, change your language because remember this, what you say is what manifests. Don't describe him, describe them. Couldn't have just been, was the culture developer. But it wasn't, it couldn't have just been Adam. That's why God gave him a family. Adam started. But it couldn't end with Adam. Adam had to build a family. Oh, Lord. Can I give you this about culture real quick? I'm so sorry. The word cult, which we have used to describe many churches... Okay, but can I tell you something? Every church has a dimension of cultism. I'm going to I'm, I'm help you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. Here's why. Because the word cult means to till. The original word means to till. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, cult. Now, when you add U-R-E, 
er on the end of that, it means an action or process or result. So what God did was he planted the garden, but Adam had to till until he could, so that he could maintain the culture that God established. So when we talk about cultivating, what we're talking about is tilling until we get the results that God told us that we ought to have as a people. So I'm tilling every time I'm teaching, every time I'm tilling until I see the God brand on your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Here's a, here's the, I got two more. The next segment, now God told me to share this with you. The next segment of activations coming for you is in the area of gifts of healing, miracles, signs, and wonders, and extreme outpourings of the Spirit. Okay, now watch this. Notice words. I'm very careful because my wife gets on me if I use the wrong words. Extreme outpouring. Here's what that means. That means the presence of the Lord in your assembly will be so great that demons will come out of people without you touching them or speaking to them. They will manifest and come out without anyone laying a hand on them. Because you created and cultivated a culture where God himself is up every time. So gifts of healing, miracles, signs, and wonders is the next phase of activation. I know you've gotten some other stuff, but this is the next phase because if you're going to bring the spirit of religion down in this region, it has to be undeniable that the hand of God is on this people. And the thing people cannot refute is gifts, is, is healings, miracles, signs, and wonders. You don't need a scripture to explain that. The Pharisees tried to attack it and they said, we can't deny that he's been healed. I mean, we can't use theology with that. Because it's undeniable. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Let me get the last two. Let me get the last two. I'm sorry. This people, God said, this people will be known for being multidimensional. I'm going to send you this, okay? God said, you will be known for being multidimensional. And you will not be restricted to any one definition as a local assembly. Because if you get locked in to one definition, people will only come for that. But when it's a God culture, you're multidimensional. So God builds out your depth, your width, and your height. Are you hearing me? Let me give you this. Let me give you this. Now, I want you to hear this, and I want you to hear it in the spirit of humility. And it's going, this part is going to require you, this part I'm going to share now, is going to require you, all of you to grow up to a whole nother place. I need you to understand this. It's going to require you to, me, to mature at a pace and a rate, because this is going to mean now, you may feel like we're not ready, but I want you to hear this in the spirit of humility because this is going to mean you got to, because the weight can't be on them. Amen. Are you hearing me? You're used to being in that kind of culture. So you, are, you can be spiritually lazy when you're in that kind of culture. So church is about what you get from what the pastor do and not what you bring to... Okay. Other leaders and assemblies are going to hear testimonies of what is happening here. Begin to build an infrastructure. I am talking to you. I want you to hear this. Begin to build an infrastructure 
and systems for developing and training. So God said, it's going to be important for you to build teams. Now, can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? When you build the teams and people go to those teams, because you're multidimensional, if they need deliverance and they with the evangelist, they still gonna get deliverance. We ain't gotta wait to see you to the deliverance team because we're multidimensional. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All right. You gotta build an infrastructure and systems. And the Lord said it is the season to raise up teams for components of development in and outside of this assembly. I'm speaking to you about where you're getting ready to go. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is critical for you to understand. And what you've got to do is embrace them. Don't make them feel like y'all coming to get something from us. Because we got, don't do that. You'll damage the culture. And if that spirit arises in leadership, you got to deal with it right away. Because if not, that culture, and then we start to become what God never intended. God said, that this house is assigned to strategically and intentionally defeat the spirit of religion. That's what you're assigned to do. The rate, the spirit of religion, and you're going to do it at a rate. Now let me say this, because every church got some folks that's ready to throw blows if somebody say something wrong. Every church got it. Don't respond that way. When they start attacking the culture, don't even, don't even respond to it. Because when you do that, now you become, you come under the control of an opposing culture that's kept people in bondage. Jesus didn't try to fight that. He extended an opportunity for them to be connected. And the Bible says he came to his own and his own received him. Not. So then he says to as many as received me. To them gave he power to become. The reason why people get mad is because they don't want to do what it takes to become. Because religion has made them lazy. Religion has made them lazy. But Jesus said to as many as received me, to them I gave power. Now that word power is not the same word power in Acts when we talk about the dunamis power. This particular power means that they have been given the right to become. But they've been given the right to become because they receive the one that's going to help them become. Yes. To as many as received them, to them gave he power to become sons of God. And watch this. While you are becoming, the Bible tells me in Romans chapter 8 verse 19 that the world is waiting. I'm waiting on you to become. I'm waiting on you to become. Watch this. Beyonce is waiting on you to become. You waiting on getting what she got. She's waiting on you to become. Because no matter how much money she has, she's not supernatural. So when situations arise, she's waiting on you to become. Because you become what she needs that her money can't pay for. 
so they can have the money. I just want to become. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God wants you to become. He wants you to become in such a way that the world will say, the only one that could be doing that is God. It's a God culture. Where the world looks at you and they see God. They see God. And they see God because you have become. Romans 8 and 18, the verse before 19 says, the suffering of this present time is not worthy to be compared. God said the way you're going to become is through what you're suffering right now. You're trying to pray the suffering away. And God said, this is going to help you become. You're trying to pray the financial situation away. And he said, this is how you're going to become. If I give you millions without suffering, you will never, you will never embody the character and qualities you need to maintain it. So if I give you some suffering, when you get that money, you're going to still act like you ain't got it. <laughs> you're going to act, you're going to move, you're going to decide, you're going to make decisions based upon the fact that you remember what it took to become. God wants you to become. In becoming, you see this term underneath your church name? On earth, we become heaven. And earth gets to experience it. I become. And everybody else gets to experience it. Earth is groaning and travailing, waiting for the manifestation of the sons. You know, they're waiting on heaven. We telling them about a place they're going to go. And God said, I want you to bring the place to them. You become so that earth gets to experience heaven. So cultivate your life Like you're becoming and you're intending to manifest heaven in everything you do. Church, this gathering, this assembly is just meant to teach you personally how to cultivate your ground. You're waiting on pastor to call. No, 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 no. What he does is teach you how to cultivate you so that you become. Take the pressure off him. We stress and kill our pastors and our leaders because we want them. And now I've got to spend hours on the phone with something that I dealt with in the teaching that you decided not to use to cultivate you. So now you want counseling for hours. And all I'm going to do is reword and repackage what I already taught you. That's what we do. <laughs> Y'all don't know. It's ain't a secret. It's what we do. And meanwhile, we're sitting on the phone saying, I preached a whole 45 minutes on so-and-so. They was writing mad notes. They was amen at me. They was jumping. They was shouting. And three days later, I'm talking to them for two hours about what I gave them for 45 minutes on Sunday. You know why? Because religion taught you to be lazy and not cultivate yourself. So now... He's pressure. And while he's trying to cultivate him and his family, now here you come. 
if you take the seed I gave you Sunday and don't leave it on the surface because the Bible says they came with George shouting but the seed never got planted It says in the power to sow us. In the power to sow it. I know the word. <laughs> I just gave you the, you know, interpretation. Yeah. The cares of this world came. That's the suffering talked about in Romans 8, 18. The suffering came and you didn't let the seed get planted. Oh, it was halfway planted. Oh, you say, well, I'm going to do some of what? Jesus. I'm going to do the first two points, he said. Because you stop cultivating. My job is to give you the seed. Even everything I said just now, I only gave you seeds. What happens after this? And I got to say. I have to honor the gift of your leader because one of the things he'll do after something like this, he'll sit down and he will study this whole thing. <laughs> and you'll get like six teacher series out of what I said. See, here's why. Because he understands tilling. But what religion has trained you to do is say, well, pastor, work, you know, I ain't going to look at it. nothing that was said. It was good, though. So what I said about you building an infrastructure and systems, guess what? If you're an entrepreneur in the house, that word will work for you, too. Ain't just for this church. You can take that seed and say, Man, that's why I missed $100,000 last year in business. Man, that's why I didn't hit a million last year. Man, that's why. Let me take this seed. Cultivate. Cultivate it. That's been the problem. You got a lot of seeds in your hand. None of them are in the ground. Got a lot of seeds in your hands. You got, to, you got all kind of seeds. Think about all the words you heard that haven't manifested in your life yet. That's the seeds. None of them are in the ground. But I'm waiting on another seed. I just can't, I just can't wait to get the Bible study, get a word. You got a seed that you ain't planted yet. Now you're about to get another one. Nothing that's been cultivated. God culture. In a God culture, we take the seed without hesitation. Plant it. And we cultivate it until it brings fruit. Religion says you ain't got to do nothing. The pastor going to give you seven how-tos. Ten steps to and you took all those notes. And your prayers you've been praying is locked up in your nose. The seeds all through here. All the seeds is in here. And you praying for something that God said, I gave you a seed. You want me to plant it, water it, till it. Make it grow. And you're just going to eat the benefits of my work. God said, it don't work like that. Gave you a seed. One of my mentors said this about, he said, you don't, he said, you can count the number of seeds in an apple but you can't count the number of apples in a seed. If I slice an apple open, I can count the number of seeds in it, 
But when I plant the seed, I don't know how many apples going to come out. And what the enemy has you doing is trapped in religion that you never plant the seed. Because he knows that what God is going to produce from it, you won't even be able to count it. What you going to plant? What you going to plant? We're in a God culture. God is the center of everything we're doing. Let me tell you something. As I said, I've traveled all over the place preaching. And the Lord told me, I'm telling you this. I ain't got no issue. I'm transparent. I keep it 100. There's some things I don't know. I just don't know. What you've done, I've never done it. Call me whatever title you want. I don't care. I've never done it. But because I'm God branded, I'm going to sit down with this man. And I'm going to say, what did you do? Because there's some things I know he don't. But I'm not going to let my ego be built on that. Because that's what folks do when they're title driven and bound in religion. Well, there's some things I know you don't know. Some, just something to, be, something to be arrogant about. But for me, I'm going to ask him. What you do? I don't know how to do that. I've never done it before. So I sat there in worship in tears. Because I said in 24 years, I've never done that. I only know a religious culture. If leaders did this, they'll get deliverance. Yeah, come on. Come on. I only know a religious culture. So the only thing I can do is duplicate what I see. When I've been exposed to something different, God holds me accountable to sit down. Can I get some seeds? First, I've got to uproot. The religious ones I planted. Before I can plant anything, I got to uproot. And the first uprooting starts. Starts in me. Because you can't be God branded and be arrogant. Got to be humble. And once I've uprooted that. Then I've got to come and say, hey, man, I need some seeds. I hope you can receive this word today. In your life, God wants his brand on everything you're doing. On your business, on your family, on your marriage. On your relationships. He wants his brand on it. I know you put your logo on it, but he wants his brand on it. I know you done did a photo shoot and you done did all of that, but he wants his brand on it. I know you consulted with a marketing team and they told you this and they told you that, and that's wonderful, but is God's brand still gonna be on it when they die? This, 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 this. I'm not. I'm not negating marketing. I'm not. Trust. I'm. A, I'm an entrepreneur at my core. But if God won't be seen in it, the Queen of Sheba said it like this. She said, "I have seen many kingdoms, Solomon, but the half has never been told." She heard about the brand testimonials. 
and said, I'm going to bring these carriages of gifts. I haven't even experienced it yet. I just heard about it. And I'm going to bring these carriages of gifts and sow them. Because I heard God's brand was on that kingdom Solomon got. And what I want to know, Solomon, is how did God brand this kingdom? Because we need it where I'm ruling at. That's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. Come on, just lift your hands. I'm finished. I wasn't scheduled to speak. I'm sorry. I love him. Yes. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you tonight, afternoon. I don't know what time it is. Father, we just thank you for this moment. And today, we honor your presence. To be here is a privilege. And we thank you that we get to experience this moment. So, Father, we thank you and bless you for what's been shared that is somehow, some way was deposited. We didn't just want to hear that, that word. We, we wanted to be deposited. Wanted to be deposited. And so, Father, we thank you and we glorify you that you are branding us. God said he's branding you. When God lays his hands on you, you have his brand. I don't want a man's brand. I want the brand of God. Father, thank you for branding each of them. Everything they touch will have your brand on it. Everything they touch will have your name, your signature on it. It will look like you. It will sound like you. It will produce like you. In the name of Jesus. I want you to pray. Declare these things with me. We are raising. A house. That is branded by God. That will have dimensions of glory. Signs, wonders, and miracles. Extreme outpourings of the Spirit. That will radically shift our region, our lives, our families, our businesses, our education system, our community. Until it looks like what God would look like if he brought heaven on earth. This concludes another life-changing teaching from Hungry for God Church. For social media updates and more teachings from our pastors and leaders, please visit our site, h4gchurch.com.